live from the ESPN 690 and Atari Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Well, that game was way better than we thought it would be. See, as long as you badmouth games like that, then you know you're going to be wrong and you're going to get a pretty entertaining football game. Pleasantly surprised. Yeah, I kind of liked it. Actually, it was a pretty good night of, of uh, sports. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The Padres game was fun. If you like baseball. Didn't, didn't check that one out, but I'll take your word for it. Yeah. That's, I mean, why watch somebody who's one of the most fun players to watch in their sport? Who's that? Fernando Tatis Jr. Never heard of him. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. No, I'm kidding. Can we I, kick I, I him off the show uh, now? I know who that is. I know who that is. Come on. It's the Padres, the third most popular baseball team in all the state of California. Come on. Yeah. And the best one. Yeah, Maybe. I think the Dodgers, Dodgers got something to say about that. <laughs> A's yeah. might, too. A's might have something to say about that. I guess, by the way, popular, they're not the third most. Maybe the Angels might be more popular than even the Padres. Well, well, what about so the about Giants, the Giants? Yeah. yeah. I mean, so, Padres might be like the whatever it is. Uh, yeah. There are five of them. I was going to visit all the ballparks this April, so I should know. But yeah. uh, there are one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, there are five of them. So the fifth most popular. And they popular. might be the fifth most popular. I was actually... I think Ty mentioned this today, and he's like, what was the last time the Padres were good? And I said, you know what? I... I feel like they were in the World Series in 84 against the Tigers. I think I might have told Ty 85, but 85 was the Royals and Cardinals. So in 84, it was the Padres Mm -hmm. against uh, the Detroit Tigers. And at that time, that was like, again, I always say 1984 was not only when Van Halen and Jump came out. Okay. But it also was when I first started watching sports. So it was Doug Flutie and and the Hail Mary pass against Miami. It was... Uh, the Tigers were in the World Series. It was Dan Marino's uh, rookie, well, or, or second year that would have been. And so uh, the Super Bowl run. So I remember watching sports. I was seven, mm-hmm. and that's when it all started. And so one of the – I didn't remember watching the Red Sox then. I watched the Tigers uh, play the Padres in the World Series. And so I remember that. But that was the last time I remember the Padres being good. Now, I might be missing a year between now and then. I'll have to look that up. But I don't remember the Padres being good. Obviously, you know, Tony Gwynn and Trevor Hoffman, they've had some nice players, but they really have not been relevant, good, anything. And I always think of that relative to the Jags. Like all these franchises we talk to that have gone, talk about, they've gone 20 years, Mm -hmm. right? 30 years. Like not even being sniffing good. Mm. Like not even remotely good. Just been irrelevant franchises. And... As difficult as it's been around here in Jacksonville the last dozen years, that's nothing. Oh, yeah. That's I mean, nothing. You got teams like the Detroit Lions and, uh, you know, teams like the Cleveland Browns. Like, when's the last time they went to an NFC Championship game or an AFC Championship game? Yeah. I mean, look you at know? what's the Dallas Cowboys as good as they've been. See, it's a little different in that context. Dallas Cowboys have been kind of exciting, interesting. They're always relevant. Mm-hmm. And, but what's the, I think the thing is, like, the Jags have won two more playoff games in the, last two decades than the Cowboys have. True. You know, and of course, you build a lot of equity when you win three Super Bowls in four years or whatever it was. So uh, it's that's not apples to apples, but it's still worth bringing up that, you know, as bad as the Jags have been, they still had more playoff wins than the Cowboys, yeah. which nobody, if you asked across the country, nobody would say, oh, yeah, I think you're right. I'd be, nobody would say that. But they've also had a lot more competitive season than the Jaguars a as well. A lot more. And, yeah. and, of course, they're always on the headlines. You know, the Knicks come into play here, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Knicks haven't been good. I just wa- I think I just saw... Yeah, but, and like in the past 10 years, though, I mean, when they had Melo, they went to pretty far, didn't they? Oh, about far. They might have, Far for them, maybe. Let me see what we got. Far for them. I, I could have swore they went to like the Eastern Conference Finals one year. With Melo? Let me look it up quick. Maybe I'm 
crazy. I would say that's overall, why, that's though. why we need coups here for our NBA news. But I would say overall, the Knicks have felt like they've been as much as a New York team can be irrelevant in terms of we've just dismissed you as bad. Yeah, the Knicks are that. I yeah. mean, they're a dumpster fire of an organization. Yeah, I'm still looking. Keep, keep talking. <laughs> I mean, they really are. I mean, yeah, yeah. They, like the New York Knicks. A lot of people wonder, hey, can the NBA? The NBA wants the Knicks back. You need the Knicks. Do you need them? Yeah, they probably want them back, but do you need them back? I don't know. I mean, LeBron's carried the freight, and yeah. there have been a lot of players that have carried the freight of the NBA for a while without the Knicks. I mean, mm-hmm. the Knicks have been, again, very irrelevant. I mean, the Cleveland Cavs have been more relevant than the New York Knicks, uh, hands down, uh, because of LeBron James, and, and many other organizations have been too. So it's just a, it's always a reminder. It doesn't make you feel that much better. It's yeah. just a reminder that sometimes putting winning organizations on year after year or winning big is very difficult. No, for sure. And the Jets are another example of that. That was the stat I saw. Jets, I think they had a winning season in 2015. But if you go back like the whole decade, it's starting to get really ugly with the Jets record. And, okay. and did you see the broadcast last night? I think they've had, uh, what they say, four different general managers in nine years. Just the inconsistency of their front office uh where around here people say there's been too much consistency at times yeah so uh back in 2012 2013 they didn't reach the conference finals they reached the conference semifinals okay and they lost to the pacers uh looks like in a four to two series okay yeah so that was their last little 2012 2013 which, which i assume was that was carmelo and stoudemire might have been there as well and now you you don't even name players and coaches and years and i know the phil jackson experiment so maybe you do a little but it's really all james dolan yeah i mean yeah exactly i mean when he keeps getting the bad publicity it just it makes that team look bad and especially um kind of the the optics and everything of players speaking out against him like yeah the the knicks now are a dumpster fire but like there was a time and we kind of forget about it but when carmelo was there and stoudemire was there like they, I mean, I don't want to say they were they were a great team, but they were respectable. Yeah, was that Antoni coaching them? Ah, uh, that I can't tell you. It must have been yeah. right. Was yeah. Stodham, didn't he bring Stoudemire over? Sure, I'm sure because I mean, Knicks, it, right? it was before Phil Jackson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So the it, it's really interesting in the context of of what we're talking about. If you take like the so-called blue bloods, right? That's a college term, really. The Kentuckys, the Dukes, the North Carolinas. But if you take the blue bloods of of sports in general, and you take the Dodgers and the Yankees, and you take the Red Sox and hockey, the you know, the Blackhawks and Red Wings and Montreal, mm-hmm. Boston, uh, it, you know, you, you get what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. What's like the longest drought without oh. those kind of program, uh, those kind of uh, franchises check- not being <laughs> at the king? And I bet it's longer than people think. That's oh, going to no. be my check point, out right? the Check out the Toronto Maple Leafs, man. Last time they actually won a Stanley Cup because keep in mind, they're one of the originals. Right. Yeah. And I can't remember what their drought is, but it's like legendary. Um, in terms of like the last time they actually kind of sniffed success, like they've had a couple seasons where they've had the best league, uh, the best record in the NHL, and then they choke. So I, I think that the Maple Leafs are up there in far as like being cursed, kind of like the Cubs were, obviously, yeah. before they won their big one. Well, and I and I think that's the point. I mean, even these legendary franchises. I mean, the New York Rangers until they won, mm-hmm. right? It had been forever. Yeah. And and now they're kind of back down. So the time. last Stanley Cup uh, for the Maple Leafs was back in '67. Yeah. Wow. So, so, uh, but there are a lot of teams and even big time franchises worth billions and billions, and everybody wears their hats and jerseys that are like that. I mean, the Dodgers are like that. Dodgers are just knocking on the door now every year, so they've been very good. Mm-hmm. So they're not like they're not like San Diego. Like San Diego, how this conversation started, the Padres were like, 
just a blip yeah. on on the baseball radar. Well, now they got Fernando Tatis Jr. Mm-hmm. and this guy's fun to watch. I mean, legendary bat flip last night, which, by the way, I still can't believe that bat flipping and walking to first doesn't bother me because I'm more of a traditionalist. I kind of like it. Yeah. Like, I kind of dig it, which, again, I'm kind of cra- I'm in the middle here. I don't like the replay as much. I like all this tradition. I don't like guys getting picked off like the Milwaukee Brewers last night sure. with down three runs. How do you get picked off in that situation? They're ready to go home. I don't love the fact that baseball has changed so dramatically. Mm. I don't mind some of the change, but I don't mind. The, I don't love the dramatic change. Uh, but I don't mind the bat flipping. And Fernando Tatis, quite frankly, if baseball does a good job, which they stink at, mm-hmm. but if they've done, if they do a good job. He will be right up there. He should be right up there, marketed with the Patrick Mahomes, with the you, you name you name you know, the young yeah, you name I, uh, uh, Zion. Okay, right? but you know that's be, not going to happen, though, right? Well, they need to figure out how to do it because uh, yeah. he should be. But you know that's not going to happen, though, right? I'm just saying that's not going to happen. I mean, if, if Mike Trout is not a household name yet, and he, and he plays in a big, I think in a bigger team than the Padres, there's no way this guy's going to be that big either. Well, again. The trend says no, but you say this when we bring this up, and people say this, and they're right about this. Trout doesn't really want to be. He's not like this super personality guy. Mm-hmm. This guy, mm-hmm. he likes it. Mm-hmm. He wants to be. You play for the Padres, though. Well, it doesn't matter. You play in big league baseball. <laughs> yeah, I you know? hear you. I hear and, you. And he can be kind of like this, I don't know about global icon, but I think he can be this global player where people know who he is, you know, where he's from. Uh, and... And even, just, even yeah. in Japan and places that they really like baseball, Korea, they should know Fernando Tatis Jr. You, you can market this guy outside of San Diego, outside of California, outside of the NL West. And that's the job of Major League Baseball to figure that out. That's where they've really swung and missed. Yeah. And they need to do a better job of it. And I think you could you could make the case that, listen, Clayton Kershaw is one of the greatest of all time, but he doesn't want that. Mike Trout's one of the greatest of all time. He doesn't want that. Bryce Harper, more He's a big star and has star potential. I don't know if he's one of the greatest of all time. I don't think that. But mm-hmm. he doesn't really want that. You know, mm-hmm. like he sometimes does. He's got like a toe in, but not he's all in on that. This guy wants it. He likes the attention. He brings the energy. Mm. He's young. Mm. He bridges the the old and the new mm. uh, because his dad played in the league, too. So I think this is the perfect guy to market if you can figure it out. They just need to hire a good marketing agency because Major League Baseball has sucked. Yeah, he, he has to go to the East Coast and play for the Yankees or Red Sox, something like that. Because at the end of the day, listen, like, if I go on the street right now, I go, Manny Machado. Who does Manny Machado play for? I bet out of 10 people who are casual baseball fans will tell me the Dodgers. No one knows that Manny Machado, besides hardcore baseball fans, plays on the Padres. But when Manny Machado was on the Dodgers, he was like this big name. And it wasn't necessarily for his ball skills. It was for the arrogance. It was yeah. for kind of like the talking and back and forth. And obviously, you know, that they go to the pen and they, he does all those antics. Like, he's known to me more as Manny Machado, obviously, the Dodgers player, or if you're going to go back in time, the Orioles player, more than Manny Machado, the Padres player. Like, I felt like Manny Machado went to San Diego, by the way, making a lot of money and kind of got lost in the shuffle a little bit yeah and, and again machado like if you ask me i forget about the dodgers little stint it's more mm-hmm. to me baltimore is no, where he played yeah. uh, but I, I get what you're saying it's interesting uh we got all into that off a of jets broncos game yeah we that did i thought it was a pretty good night of television i mean yeah. it was the only thing that would have been better is if we could have had some 
a war of words at the end of that game with Greg Williams or Gase and, and Fangio because something happened there. Yeah. And obviously the big hits at the end of the game. But what is Fangio doing? Like this guy, I, I don't know, man. It's this twice. I don't even watch the Broncos a lot. And this is twice now. I'm like questioning Vic Fangio. Like, what are you doing? Why are too you much dropping for, back yeah. with 18 seconds to play? And then when it happens once, you do it again. Mm-hmm. You're up by two scores. There's no danger of you losing. Mm-hmm. Just go give it to them. Just hand the ball to them. And you know what the Jets are going to do? Because Darnold's got beat up all game. Mm-hmm. They're going to take a freaking knee. Yeah. Like, I didn't get the end of that game. That was bizarre. No, and then it was really weird at the end when they just kind of walked off the field, didn't, like, you know, even... Yeah? I mean, like, it well, was... because the shots well, that he took. I know, man, but, like, it's just... That's Greg Williams a little bit. Yeah, it, it is. It's definitely Greg Williams, man. I mean, listen, how many penalties were there last night in terms oh, of... Late? I mean, it was it was absolutely ridiculous. And you could tell the game plan was to rattle Ripian or whatever. I mean, to really, like, get in his grill and heckle, you know, I mean, just basically make him feel uncomfortable. <laughs> Didn't really matter because they won. They put 37 points on the board. So set your game up, New York Jets. But it was just... It was an interesting game, better than I thought it was going to be. A lot high, more high scoring, too, than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Uh, uh, by the way, I guess Melvin Gordon plays for the Broncos. Now he in does. In case you didn't know. Yeah. yeah. Well, a lot more high scored. I mean, it was unbelievable. I said yesterday here on the show, I was like, it's going to be 2016. Yeah. And it looked like that until, like, the fourth quarter. There was just a blitz of, of plays that, that happened, mm-hmm. uh, which made it an entertaining game. I mean, Desir had one of the most unusual games ever. Got beat, got picked on, had two cr- really good picks. Mm-hmm. Rippin, like, good story. Mark Rippin, nephew of, of Mark Rippin, former Super Bowl champ, MVP, mm-hmm. and he looked really good, and then he made some atrocious throws. Yeah. It's like, whoa, how bad were those throws, I mean, to, to make those? Well, um, so the whole thing was kind of interesting, and, and in the background, you know, it's funny, it's like the first part of that game, if you watch it, it's like Troy Aikman and, and, uh, and Buck, Joe Buck, they were, like, trying to beef the game up a little bit, right? Sure. They were like, I know this is a snoozer, but we're forced to run this game. Mm-hmm. By the end of it, it was entertaining. Like, mm-hmm. you could feel that it was an entertaining game, and there were storylines going on. Is Gase going to get fired after this game? Are they going to come to blows after this game? Yeah. I mean, what kind of slop is this at the end of the game? Yeah, They're yeah, not yeah. afraid to take shots at some of these teams, and they were they were doing it a little bit. No, without a doubt. And it is kind of a little awkward, too, because keep in mind, Adam Gase and Vic Fangio, they come from the same spot in Chicago. I mean, they work together. I was there for that. you know. And, and to be fair, too, with Adam Gase, I liked Adam Gates in Chicago. He was a cool guy. I don't know what happened from the transition to Chicago going to Miami where all of a sudden the eyes started popping out of the head and everything like that. And he became like this kind of this, you know, this meme, if you will. I'm not sure what transpired from Chicago to Miami, then Miami to New York. But needless to say, um, I feel like this guy's going to be gone here in the next couple weeks or so. Interesting that Peyton Manning went to bat for him Mm -hmm. in New York. And, you know, that probably got him the job or helped him get the job. But even if you hear his players talk after the game, they like. I mean, it's not like everybody in New York, they'll come out and The ones that are there, though. The ones that are there. The other ones have left, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, the out-the-door stuff is always easy to do. Mm -hmm. But Darnold kind of stood by him. I think Frank Gore did, too. I think some others as well. And it's just... You know, how much of this is made up outside because of the eyes, because of mm-hmm. his lack of success, because he looks kind of that arrogant guy. You know, some of these guys come across that way when they fail. I think Shanahan's like that. I think if Shanahan fails, he's going to come across as that prickly guy. Are you talking Mike or Kyle? No, Kyle. Kyle, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I think he. I, I think he's like an offensive genius, probably sure. more so than McVay. I think he has done a great job. Mm-hmm. But I think when you fail, when you're doing well, it's fun, it's good, you, it's cool. But when you fail a little bit, it's like, mm. This guy rubs talking me the about wrong that, way. Right? Talking about that Mike Zimmer effect? Oh, Mike Zimmer. But I'll give you the best effect of that is Jim Harbaugh. 
Harbaugh, when he's winning, yeah, it's great. Yeah. When he's losing in San Francisco, they got rid of him as soon as they lost. Sure. It's probably a big giant pain in the ass, quite frankly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and sometimes it's fun when things are going well, but it's not the true color show when it's not. I mean, that's uh, some of the guys across the league, and as long as you win. Yeah. You're probably safe Listen, in that respect. You, you obviously you find out a man's true character and what they bring to the table when all the chips are down, right? When, when everyone's winning, everyone's going to be happy. But when you lose and you keep on losing and you face adversity, you find out what kind of people you are, and you're starting to see this a little bit with coaching now. When when coaches like, for instance, Mike Zimmer, they're having a bad season. Obviously, expectations are not being met right now, and you're asked a simple question and you respond with you know arrogance and and cockiness and entitlement. That's who you are. Okay, now I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I'm just saying that's who you are as a person. Yeah, and uh, Zimmer, by the way, I thought Gase handled all the questions better than Zimmer did. For sure. Zimmer got one question, couldn't handle it. Gase was getting peppered with him yeah. after the game. Yeah. And it's a lot more difficult being yeah. in New York, being 0-4. And yeah. I feel like he handled probably the, the post-game stuff a little yeah. bit better. And listen, like far be it for me to talk about you know the, the ins and outs of, of head coaching, because I have no idea. But all I know is if you're having a bad season – you have to expect the, the tough questions. Like, what What do you think? People are just going to be your friend and do you a favor and not ask the hard-hitting questions? Like, you have to be ready for those. Like, you can't be – like, if, if, if you're going to be, like, throttled and you're going to be distracted by a hard question, then what's going to happen when you're down by 10 in the fourth quarter and you have to make a comeback? Like, it's the same instance. So, give me a break, Mike yeah. Zimmer. Uh, Mike Zimmer. I like that you're I'll a little bent out. out of shape on the well, Mike Zimmer Because it, it's ridiculous, man. Yeah, it yeah. was bad. It was a bad moment for him. Yeah. I don't know Zimmer, but it was a bad I don't know him either. And uh, listen, I respect his defensive mentality. I respect what he brings to the table. But when you have someone just trying to do their job in the media, and you try to chastise them for just doing their job, what are we talking about? Yeah. Here, well, the greatest part about that, if you miss the, the quote that he had this week when somebody asked him a question, they were just giving background. Like, yeah. this is the worst you've ever been. And Minnesota's going off to in the first three games and the defense, and he's like, well, if you want to bring your opinions in or just ask the question. It's like, hey, dude, it's not an opinion. You're like, give it up 103 fact. points in three games. Like, yeah. that's a fact. That's a fact. It's called a stat, <laughs> sir. A stat. Yeah. It says it. Yeah. All right, uh, we'll take a break. We come back, we begin with the Jags and Bengals. Injury news is interesting. Uh, maybe helpful for the Jags on two fronts, one hurtful and one a big giant question mark. So uh, we'll see what's happening on the Jags injury front. Listen, we've talked Bengals, Jags quite a bit. Uh, put a bow on that conversation. We also have our picks coming up. It's a big weekend of college football. College football's back, loads up the schedule, and uh, we'll keep you up to date on some of the baseball stuff happening. I do have a thought or two on baseball. This shorter season is fun. Should we live and learn from it a little bit more? So long record books? Oh, Brent, don't Should there say be that. more consideration for it? Coming from the guy who's so old school, that doesn't want those Can't robot umpires, and now you want to shorten the season? I'll share an experience why I, I might say that. Uh, and uh, that is uh, on the way a little bit later on in the show. We also have high school football night. Can't wait. We love it on Fridays. Expanded coverage includes a 9 o'clock blitz scoreboard show. Uh, that is on ESPN 690 social media channels tonight because we do have game two of the NBA Finals on the radio side. But uh, more on that and more on football, more on the Jags and Bengals coming up next on ESPN 690. Now, back to Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and on your smart speaker. Well, now it's fourth down, and Darnold is sacked. Brought down by Chubb. He gets another here tonight. And the Denver Broncos, with two minutes left and a two-point lead, will take over in Jets territory as the defense for Vic Fangio makes a play. 
Those are some big hits on Darnold, big Oof. hits on Rippin, uh, big hits last night. I, I will say, you know, we wondered about the crowd noise. Yeah. And what that would do to impact the the viewing experience. If you could feel the hits, meaning you could hear the hits. That has made a difference. Yep. I'm telling you, I've been watching the game at times, like with Steph and the kids, and it's like, ooh. Like, nobody, we never so, watch the game, and nobody ever goes, ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, I'm telling you. <laughs> The respect you have after watching, depending on what network you're watching on, mm-hmm. because I think they either pump it up a little bit more or or draw it back a little bit. But there have been moments. I mean, the, the, you know what the one comes to mind? I think this might have been the oh moment. That's the DJ Chark when he it, early in the game two weeks ago against yep. Tennessee. I think it was. Yep. Yeah. Early in the game because they were on the road. And he picks up that first down and that helmet to helmet collision. But he got right back he up. He got after right that. back up. But yeah. it was like. Oh, I don't want to ever play this. Sport. No, th- that one hurts you too, man. Like even, even though DJ Chart got back up, like there's no way he couldn't feel that a little bit, um, to say the least. So are you saying that your, your price tag to go on the field and you know play one play has gone up drastically now from maybe five million to ten million? I think yes. <laughs> I, I think two more things on that front. Now, people who I've said this for the last five years around here, if you listen to me, mm-hmm. and people don't believe me, mm-hmm. you think I'm lying, and I'm not. And three, I think there are more people that would join me in that discussion. Yeah. There are more people on my side of the aisle yeah. on the, you know what? You're going to have to pay me more than a million. <laughs> Seriously, yeah, man. I, I, I mean, I um, the whole thing here is if you haven't heard, I've said it for years. You couldn't pay me a million dollars to go play a series in the NFL. Yeah. You could, like, it wouldn't be enough. Like, I, you got to remember, like, I'm okay. Like, I can... I'm somewhat athletic. Like, sure. I'm not that kind of athletic. No, no, but, no. Let's I'm sorry, man. I've got I nine point points table. for the Jacksonville Giants. Let's people. go. Let's go. Yeah. Collegiate baseball player. What more do you I want? Mean, come on. Yeah, I mean, I'm 20 years past that. Hey, but hey, I'm still scoring points for the player, Giants. Man. Put it on your Facebook status <laughs> if you got to. You're good. So, like, I think like, I could handle running around for a couple of moments. Sure. Right? Yeah, I could yeah. Maybe even try to catch. Yeah. Throw. Yeah. Give me the pig skin right in the belly. Any of those kind of things. Yeah. I would absolutely get obliterated, and I don't think I would be at least what I am in my senses, in my head, and in my body for the remainder of my life if I did it. I really, I genuinely believe that. You could not pay me a million dollars for me to go inside an NFL game for a series like last night like you saw. So here's the real question. What would cost more to you, playing an NFL series or going two rounds with Tyson Fury or Deontay Wilder? I'd probably uh, – it's a great question, and I probably would go to the NFL yeah. and play. Yeah, because, I mean, in the NFL, you could probably – you know, you could break a sternum or a, or a leg or something. If you box, you know where that's going to go. Well, not only that, but you – like, there's a chance in a series they'll hand off to another guy, and I can just hang out by the hash mark. <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, like, sure. And the, it's just you and that guy <laughs> yeah, in the yeah. cage. You know what's about and to I can happen. only run around in a circle for so long. <laughs> that, that's why I said two rounds. Because one round, you could probably want to rain from him. Two rounds, it might be a little harder. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, okay. I, I, that's legit. And you're freaking crazy enough to basically do both. Oh, yeah, we're all good, man. <laughs> just, just, just wait till I start bull riding one day or something, man. I'm, I'm going to really get the trifecta going on. I would definitely bull ride before all that. And that's really? great thing. Yeah, I would do. I would really? Bull, I would ride a bull. Before I would uh, play a series in the NFL. You're now see now you're insane. 
That's insane. You'd rather ride a bull than play a series. I think so. Yeah, I mean, the, I've never given it a lot of thought, but and I think obviously so. you can rock the hockey mask and like the the the, yeah, the, the best get, and everything. Yeah. But still, man. See, here's Ooh. the thing, man. You're gonna get hit by a 400 pound dude, or you're gonna get hit by a 2500 pound bull. Thank you think very about much. It. Yeah. Yeah, but again, I mean, that can step on you. Listen, that, can, that has horns, by I'm, the way. I just weighed in today at 198 pounds. Okay. I figure Game that ready. bull, because I don't have the great technique or anything, probably throws me some. 15, 20 feet away. Could. So what's the chances of him landing on me after that? I don't know, man. I've watched a lot of bull riding, and sometimes their hand gets stuck a little too long, and they're trying to get it. It's, no, there's no way, man. You're, see, no, you're crazy. Don't call me crazy. You're crazy. There's always a part of me that's always wanted to be a cowboy more than be yeah. an NFL player, too, though. Yeah. So see, I, I've always, there's always been a part of me that wants to ride a bull, but I'm like, dang, man, just to say like, I've ridden a bull before. But, man, I'm talking like the real bulls, like the legit, like ticked off kind of bulls. There's no way. Those mm. things are nasty. I'm gonna think about that a little bit. Oh, like uh, like for a segment, or just to think about it in no, general? I'm just okay. Because ne- I don't remember that being part of the equation before. Like I feel like we've had the boxing analogy. Maybe. Like, yeah. I, and I definitely wouldn't do it. You like? I think I'd rather do boxing than uh, and get hit by Fury or whoever. Yeah. Um, Wilder, than go in the cage like you do. Okay. Well, see, like, no, I, it's not, uh, uh. Uh, yeah. go, go in the cage, because dude, because you can get choked out, you can get like knee barred, you may not get knocked out. Yeah, it's uh, true. I have been choked out before. Yeah, and, and so, it's a, sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, seriously, yeah, that wasn't yeah. that painful. That wasn't bad actually. Yeah, yeah. That was quick. Go to sleep. That was on uh, Matt Hughes, right? Yeah, UFC legend Matt Hughes. That's awesome. But I can't guarantee that, man. So I yeah, don't, but hey, I can guarantee if you try to spar or box against Tyson Fury or Dante Wilder, you're getting hit in the head. I know, but once. True. True. Like I'm not surviving. Yeah, like yeah. I'm not surviving the round. True. So, there I go. Yeah, there I go. Yeah. I think I would have more anxiety about the MMA match. Okay. In the cage. Okay. I don't know if it's maybe it's the cage. Maybe it's just the cage. It's the optics. Yeah. Yeah. It's the sound of and the cage just, getting like, locked. Again, you say it all the time, but like the MMA is, in many respects, mm-hmm. safer. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Uh, from the padding of the gloves to Correct. the constant hits of boxing to yep. all those things, but it doesn't feel it. Yeah. Like yeah. it doesn't look you. it. I hear like you. at the end when we watch your fight, mm. Steph and the kids five times say, "Why does he do this?" <laughs> <laughs> like, because that it feels good when he stops. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, that it's just like uh, I don't know if it, you have like these uh, visions of like street fighting sure. and Kimbo Slice, of course, and you. I think you uh, relate it to the cage yeah. and the blood of, of MMA. Yeah. And while I get what you say about the – it's probably in, in reality safer yeah. for you. Uh, it doesn't it come across just like that. It doesn't feel like it. Fair enough. I respect that. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, once in a while you get the Mike Tyson punch out, you know, crazy – Jaw, like mouthpiece goes of flying course, and all course. that yeah, stuff. It goes like, flying oh like Rocky. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who's yeah. the guy in Mike Tyson punch out? That his head would the skinny one. Uh, that Tyson g- would punch um, out. Gla- uh, Joe, um, glass, Gla- glass jaw. What? What is? I'm, I'm tripping now. Um, it is. You got it. Though. I'm, I'm, I'm coming to it in a second. Yeah. Glass Joe. Glass Joe. Right. Glass Joe. Thank you, man. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Um, all right, let's talk Jackson and Vegas. <laughs> My get goodness, it. we're getting thrown off big time. Hey, it's Friday, Brent. Come on. Yeah, it's Friday. Jags Bengals. Here's the injury report. Update on the uh, Jaguars. Linder's not going to play again. Again, I told you this yesterday. It's a little weird because the explanation from Doug Marone early last week. So now we're going almost two weeks. Well, I understand it's only been 10, 11 days. But 
it was it was like, oh, yeah, no, no, he's not going on injured reserve. And so the way he said it, the tone of it, my interpretation was, okay, well, he'll probably, he'll probably miss this game. It's a short week. That makes sense. But sure. he'll be ready to go yeah. on Sunday, and he's not. So it's a little surprising because, quite frankly, if he misses next week, then he could have gone to IR. Mm-hmm. You can miss three three weeks. So we'll see how he's doing. And and I do think Tyler Shatley comes into play here because they I think they trust him. And so they trust Tyler Shatley to get the job done, and therefore let's get Linder as healthy as he can be. Let's not bring him back on 80%. Yeah. Let's get him to 90 95% before we bring him back. Listen, I think Brandon Linder is probably the the biggest piece of that offensive line right now. There's, he's a captain for a reason. But at the same time, I think the drop-off from Brandon Linder to Tyler Shatley, it's not that noticeable. I mean, like, I, I didn't watch the game last week and think, like, oh, man, like, well, Shatley's in now. Here we go. Like, I thought Shatley did a pretty good job, all things considered. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I, I thought their offensive line struggled in, as a whole, as a but whole, I didn't notice. But it wasn't just it was Shatley. Shatley, correct. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's fair. DJ Chark comes back. Good to have him back. Great to have him back. He's the number one mm-hmm. wide receiver. I yep. think there's such a trust factor. I think the hard thing to explain to people, do I think DJ Chark being out messed them all up on last Thursday? No, that's being dramatic. Mm-hmm. Do I think Gardner Minshew feels way more comfortable with DJ Chark on the field? I think absolutely. He wouldn't say it because he doesn't want to disrespect the other guys. But I think there's a comfort level. You've seen it since the day Gardner Minshew got on this football field for this team. He threw it to Chark. Mm-hmm. And it started with practice sessions last year. And I think that's continued. So I think the trust factor, especially to get back on track, mm-hmm. is a big deal here for DJ Chark. One, because he's a talented guy. He's a Pro Bowl guy. That's important. But two, I think for the quarterback's psyche and maybe the offense's psyche to mm-hmm. do everything you want to do. Agreed. Absolutely. Um, listen, at the end of the day, yes, they have a lot of depth at the receiver position, but DJ Chark is the one receiver. And Gruden has even said it during training camp. Their goal is to try to get him situations to get him the ball. Now, I think the first couple games that he's been in, um, they've done an okay job of doing that, but haven't really featured him per se in the past game. This could be a game where they actually, they obviously feature DJ Chark. And if it's going to be a close game, that's a guy you want catching the ball and obviously putting your team over the top. Scott is with us. Uh, you got a little Gordon Minshew on DJ Chark. Here's a little thought from the quarterback. DJ is a great player for us. Um, you know, he's proved over the last two years he can, you know, really change games. Anytime, you know, you have a receiver that you know can win one-on-one and is consistent and, um, you know, that, that always gives you some comfort and, um, you know, you know, calms the mind a little bit knowing that you have somebody that can win one-on-one every time. Um, but we feel that way about a lot of our guys, and um, you know, we'll continue to try to build those relationships. So that is Gardner Minshew. Okay, I have a question for you because uh, Geno Atkins is going to miss this game for the Bengals. So what's bigger for the Jaguars' offense, DJ Chark coming back or Geno Atkins missing the game for the Bengals? Ooh, good question. Uh, um, I kind of liked it myself, if you don't mind me yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah, listen. Well, and keep in mind, too, Mike Daniels is also out, which is huge. So Mike Daniels actually was their other interior guy, and he was their other run stopper. He's out for this game, too. Got hurt last week in Philadelphia. I think Geno Atkins being out is a bigger deal because this defensive line right now in terms of stopping the run has been struggling. Now, Mike Daniels has been trying to pick up the slack a little bit from Geno Atkins while he's gone now, too. So, essentially, I have no idea who's playing in the interior right now for the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, you know, Geno Atkins, I've always said on this show, I think he's one of the most underrated uh, players in all of NFL, any position, one of the most underrated guys. He's just, you know, he's, he's a quiet dude, goes about his business, and is a very dominant three technique um, I've stated the importance all the time on the show of just how important a three technique can be. When Gunter said that he was going to, well, he didn't really say he had no choice. He wasn't going to play this season. I said that was probably be the biggest loss of the entire season. 
and people underestimate just how important that three technique can be. Obviously, Geno Atkins, one of the best three techniques in the game. The Bengals are going to miss him dearly. Yeah, I uh, I think so. I'm going to go with Chark here, though, I think sure. being added. Uh, just because I don't think the Cincinnati defense is that. I think they're better than people think. I've said that for months now and really this week, but I don't know if he's that I don't think they're that good, so one guy's yeah. not going to make that much of a difference. I hear you. Um, but it, it certainly helps. I mean, those are two things that helped the Jaguars' offense going in this game. That was really the point of the question. Correct. But I do think having Chark back, I, I just think what we were saying, their comfort level there and what they can run off him, what they, what, how dynamic. See, when when we would say, okay, what guy's dynamic? We'd say Lavisca Chenault, so you can do all these things. Mm-hmm. Well, we'd also say maybe James Robinson. You can do these things. You can trust him in the backfield. I get it. But you still want to have that number one weapon yeah. to be able to do these other things. So I don't think Chark comes to mind as a guy that you do all these variations with on offense. But I think much like the running attack often that, that coordinators will talk about, everything feeds off that run. Well, I think when you have a number one wide receiver, a lot of things feed off that guy because there's a tension on him. No, I mean, and I agree with you, right? You see the same thing right now with the New Orleans Saints and Michael Thomas, right? That he's been out. Drew Brees has kind of been a shell of himself. Um, I was the first one to say, though, last week, that Thursday night game where DJ Chark was out, the Jaguars wouldn't miss him at all because you have guys like Chenault, Chris Conley, uh, you know, and Didi Westbrook, who we thought was going to play probably a little more, that can fill in that void a little bit, fill in that role. Well, that offense looked kind of out of sorts a little bit, whether that was DJ Chark related, not who knows. But just to prove my point with Geno Atkins, I just feel like there are ways that you can, you know, I guess make up for the lack of DJ Chark, right? Whether you get Chris Thompson involved more in the pass game, whether, you know, you obviously get Chenault involved more in the pass game. Like, I understand. Like, Chark is the number one receiver, and I, I get that. But at the same time, I think you, you can make up for that a little bit in the pass game. You can't make up for Geno Atkins and what he does from a three technique. You, you can't just all of a sudden, all right, we're going to blitz every play, something like that. So I just think in terms of replacing a guy, and once again, no disrespect to DJ Chark because he's a pro bowler for a reason, but I think what Geno Atkins does on that defense, on that team, there's no replacing that. The Tennessee Titans and the Pittsburgh Steelers now have a home on the schedule as they'll take a bye week. Who else had impacted some of the details of that? We're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about the NFL landscape going into this weekend. Who's it a big week for? it? Because I feel like it's a huge week for the Jags. Yeah. And so are there other teams in that same view? Like, hey, if we don't win this one. We're starting to look at the long view of the season and say yeah. it might be better to be 2-14 and 14, mm-hmm. or a team that needs to win to kind of stay ahead of the chains, if you will, stay ahead of the schedule, which I thought last week was that kind of game for the Jags. I felt like it was important to stay ahead so we don't ask these kind of questions about the Jags. Well, here we are. We're asking these kind of questions about the Jags, and I just think it's a pivotal game. I'm not over-dramatizing it. I really do think if you start looking ahead, if they lose this game, what you start thinking about versus if they win this game, what you start thinking about, it is polar opposites. Who else in the NFL is kind of in that same boat in the latest on the Titans and Steelers situation? Coming up next, Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Hi, this is Annika Sorenstam, and I'm a World Golf Hall of Famer, and you're watching Action Sports Jacks. Uh, some words of encouragement, of course. <laughs> But it definitely would be some words said to him once I get to him, you know. Uh, but it's, you know, it's, it's always going to be love with me and him. I know who this one is. Yes. Yes, I know who it is and you don't. Hold on. Yes, Hold I know down. who it is Give me a second. Shot clock. 
Hit that buzzer, Scott. Shot clock. Do I get a guess? Guess. It's going to be love between me and him. Yes. Uh, I know who it is. Uh, and Fred's choking. Um, Let's go. Um, I, I, yes. I, I think it's the NBA. Is it NBA? Oh, uh, that was NFL. NFL. Yes, I know who it is. All right, I give up. Hey, hey, wait, Scott, is he a Jaguar? He is now. Chase on. That's it. Ah, uh, Boro, very good. That was good. I was not going to get Let's Chase go. on. Let's go. Yeah, former teammates, man. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. That was, uh, that was Chase on about Burrow, and this is Burrow's response. Oh, interesting. It's you know, my job to make that guy miss and make a play. You know, I don't get paid to take sacks. I get paid to make plays, and so that's my job. Probably had a cigar in his mouth too when he was saying that. Didn't you, he? you know, I don't say this about too many people because, yeah. like, I've been in this business for a while and I was the guy that looked 12 for a long time. <laughs> but Joe Burrow, seriously, he in his press conference the other day, he has his ball cap on and yeah. he looks like he's 12. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I yeah. mean, he's only what 22, 23. He's young, but he really looked like holy cow, he looked yeah. young, yep. like really young. You know, like we have Bortles around here, young quarterback. He looked older. Like, yeah, Gabbert. It was a young quarterback. You could tell he was young, but he looked his age. Like, he didn't look like a yeah. super young guy. Sure. Uh, and Mitch, you didn't look like he's 13, right? No, not at all. Not with all the facial hair <laughs> yeah, and everything yeah, going. Yeah. Uh, Joe Burrow seriously looks like he just walked out of a Pop Warner game. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree with you. I, I absolutely agree with you. Yeah, you're right. Congratulations, by the way. You Thank got you very that. much. That was, was pretty excited. Too. I could have sat here all day. I know, man. And I don't think I would have got that. Yeah. yeah. A little bit of that is I don't know if I've heard – I mean, I've now heard Chase on it. A lot, but I don't know if it jumps out at me. Yeah, like I got Allen Robinson the other day because I like I know no, you, A Rob. You nailed it. Yeah, you know. I mean, I I've just I heard it for five, well, for four years around here, and then I've heard it from more years yeah. since. Well, see, I thought it was like Eifert. I'm like, ah, it's too much bass in his voice to be Eifert, and then I'm thinking like, well, former teammate, ah, college, LSU. There we go. Uh, yeah. Uh, hey, who's who is? Let me rephrase that, because that's some bad English I was about to have going. Oh, I was going to try to just power through, hey, but it's, it's not going to work. It's me. It's okay. I can handle the bad English. I, I specialize in bad English. Uh, who has the most pivotal game mm. in the NFL this early in the season? Excluding the Jaguars, obviously. Yeah, well, and I don't know if the Jags would even qualify as the most. I think it's a huge game for the Jags. Sure. But do, so, are there yeah. other... Teams like give me one or two or maybe even a third. Yeah, it's like okay, this is big time now. This directs their season. This week. I think there's one glaring matchup. There, yeah, there, there's one glaring matchup to to me as well. And I, let's see if we can mind mouth here a little bit. We're doing so good yesterday with the ribs. We did. Let's see if we can go two for two ribs today. And golf, by the way. Don't I'm taking the golf. sorry and the golf as well. I'm taking the Vikings and the Texans. Yeah, exactly. Someone's always got to go. You know what I'm saying? You know, we're doing this thing uh, kind of like this fishing uh, segment. Almost on uh, Countdown to Kickoff Sunday morning okay. on TV. You can check it out at 11.30 on Wait, CBS 47. Well, we're going to do like a graphic where it's like, who's tanking? Right? <laughs> so we're going fishing in the tank for one of the teams. And we got to pick the teams. Yeah. If Minnesota loses this week, yeah. I might put them down for tanking. Because, like, see, Houston's not going to tank. They have their quarterback. Yeah. So you, you got to have, a, you got to be really questionable about the quarterback. Yeah. Well, Minnesota could be a... There'd be an outside chance to regroup the whole thing and say, you know what, we ain't winning with Cousins. Sure. I know we're paying them a lot of money, but we're going to make – we'll figure it out. We'll trade them away. Look, Jags got rid of Foles. Somebody will get this guy. Yeah, but, but hang on, though. Let's, let's pump the brakes a little bit. Yes, the, the Jaguars traded for Foles. Thank you, Chicago Bears. You did us a solid there. I get that. 
But we're talking about Kirk Cousins right now, who's got $21 million on this base salary next year, and then $35 million in 2022. You think a team's going to take that on in a trade? I would say at the moment, no, but show me the same. That's 21 and 35? 35, 2022. What's uh, the next two years on Nick Foles, this year and next year? All right. I mean, when you can me, find yeah, 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 I, can, second, yeah. I can talk. I'll, All right. I'll, we can play music. I can stretch with the best of them here in the biz. <laughs> stretch it out, man. <laughs> stretch it out. Just don't pull anything. All right. So, Nick Foles, we have this year he's – okay, so next year, $4 million base salary, and then with the potential – out of 2022 of 16, I'm so confused, Brent. You got to read this for me, man. You're asking a lot of me here. Uh, yeah, his regular his base salary is four and four, but, but then you I have guess to read the, that fine print. Yeah, the the dead cap is 17 and 10, so he doesn't have nearly the big numbers. Not this isn't close. a good example. Yeah, uh, so that so I, so I, I win then. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, well that no, so you're you're right about the dollars. Yeah, but the bottom line being in this climate. If you think Cousins is pretty good, but somebody is going to give up on him, would they yeah. take a $20 million and a $35 million quarterback? They might. You know, somebody might. I don't know who because a lot of people have their quarterbacks. True. I, I think it's far-fetched. I'm, you know, keep it in the context. But, but it makes sense, though. If, you had, if you're if 0-4 in Minnesota and yeah. you have Green Bay, who's 4-0, mm-hmm. and Chicago, who, let's say they win or lose, they're 3-1 and or 4-0, mm-hmm. you ain't going anywhere. Not in mm-hmm. the NFC. Mm-hmm. So could you start saying, you know what, Zimmer – Cousins, this stuff ain't working. Yeah. You know, we gave them a chance. They couldn't do it. Yeah. And now look, it's mm-hmm. a mess. Could they do that? I don't know. Uh, it, it's an outside chance. Sure, the Jets, the Giants, all those other teams are likely. But the point being in our conversation is not about tanking so much. It's about this is a pivotal game. Yeah. Because Minnesota's either in or out after this week. They might not be tanking, but they're either in or out. Sure. Houston, you know how I feel about Houston. Houston loses this game, and I think I'm going to be right. Mm-hmm. I think Bill O'Brien ain't making it through the season. Mm-hmm. That's my prediction this year, and I don't yeah. think he is. And now they're 0-3, and it's a tough schedule. It's not even that they're playing as awful as some teams, but it's a tough schedule. Mm-hmm. Well, if they lose at home to Minnesota against 0-3 Minnesota, well, people are going to start talking. Yeah. And Deshaun Watson, quite frankly, given the money this offseason, hasn't played great. Yeah. You know, you paid him to beat those teams or at least stay close to those teams. Hadn't really been the case. Well, last week wasn't bad. But Listen, at the end of the day, let's be honest, right now in Jacksonville, yeah, the Jaguars are the 1-2. We don't have it that good as well. But to be fair, though, I'm excited for this game against the Vikings and Texans because something gold's going to come out of it. Either Mike Zimmer will descend more further into madness or <laughs> yeah, or I can go on Texans Twitter and just read the reactions when you guys go 0-4 and, and you guys like go of Hopkins. Like, it's a win-win situation for me, at least. Like, whether the Jaguars win on, on Sunday, we'll find out. But at least the, the little silver line in this whole thing is the fact that either Mike Zimmer descent into madness or Houston Texans Twitter. I'll give you four more teams that these are almost must-win games for, okay? Okay. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons Monday night. They go to Packers, Owen. Packers, though, right? They go to Owen, I know. I'm yeah, just saying. Yeah, but they go to 4 man. I hear you. Uh, Eagles. Oh, yeah. Good call. They go to 0-3-1. and one. Now, <laughs> Riots, I'd, I'd say they probably are less of that because the East doesn't look good. Nobody's running away right now. True. But still, you go to 0-3-1, and one, you're probably doomed. Well, let me ask you this, too. What happens with Carson Wentz as well? Like, well do, do we start the Carson Wentz rumblings? Well, you you can rumble all you want. The bottom line is... You paid him. And I, Kirk Cousins, though, Brent. Somebody Kirk had a Cousins. great tweet. I think it was Field Yates. Maybe it was, I don't know who it was. But somebody had a great tweet, and they put, like, the marquee games of the week, and Philadelphia and uh, 49ers were one, and they put Nick Mullins' picture up instead of Carson Wentz. And I was like, yeah, you're right. That does say a lot about it, right? <laughs> the disrespect. The fact that they put Mullins instead of Wentz the up there. The disrespect right now. handsome Jimmy G. No, no, it no. It was Nick Mullins. No offense. I mean, Nick, you might be a good-looking guy. I don't yeah. know. But... <laughs> 
Carson Wentz, how far have you fallen when you don't make the list over Nick Mullins? Uh, that's a rough one, man. All right, uh, two other ones, okay? Okay. Huge game. Cowboys. The noise will get big. Mm. One and three. True. Losing at home. Pretty good. I mean, the Cleveland team. I know. I could see them winning. Just saying. We're talking yeah. pivotal matchups. I hear you. This could change the direction of the season. The noise gets really big for Dallas. Yep. The last one I give you is, I know this looks like a gimme game, but the Saints better come to play against Detroit. You're not lying. Detroit I was going to go here, too. Two and one. I was going to go here, too. And if the Saints don't come and play. Can you imagine Saints one and three? Well, I can't imagine one and three and Drew Brees not looking good again because that would be a problem in New Orleans. Yeah. And Mike, Michael Thomas comes back and, uh, but also playing in Detroit where he plays a lot worse. It seems like on the road they does at home. Well, and let's bring up the other point. I mean, what they're playing with the, in the Bucks division. Yeah. Uh, Falcons for them, fortunately, aren't doing much Carolina. So it's not like they don't have a, they could be two games back behind Tampa if yeah. they lose this game. Sure. So, and and by the way, you're a bunch back in wild card. It's too many good teams. You're not going to get a wild card if you jump off one and three yeah. to start the season. But regardless so. of that, though, it's still expectations, right? Like, I mean, I, I haven't gone to the Super Bowl, right? No, like, I, I think it's going to be a good team. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, so it's a big game for them. So, uh, those yeah. are about five, really six teams, five games mm-hmm. that I think are massive. Okay. I think around here, I, I don't think anybody around the country would say Jacksonville's in that conversation. I do feel the Jags are in that conversation yeah. based on which direction this season could go after a week four game. Hey, I want to know roll call, right? It's Friday. Let's get it. Where are you listening from? Let's Where are you watching it. from? All over the country. What city in Florida? What state around the country? We're going to talk a little college football, maybe about your college football team when we come back. Florida State, Florida, huge one for Georgia against Auburn. A little college football on the way next on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690.